0: What's up, guys? It's Liz Kelly. The One Shining podcast tour with Titus and Tate officially kicks off next week on Friday, November 2nd. Chicago's sold out, but there's still a handful
1: of tickets left in Columbus, Ohio, Louisville, Kentucky, and Bloomington, Indiana. You can find links to buy tickets at theringer.com slash one-shining-podcast.
2: Yo, 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 Ringer FC, we are back. Most importantly, Chris Ryan is back. Like a new signing. (laughs)
3: What's up, guys?
2: Like an interim manager. (laughs) That's right. I'm the Santiago Solari. I've
3: been brought up from Real Madrid B. Safe pair of hands.
2: Michael Peters is also here. I heard he... Took twenty six steps to get to the recording studio. I did take twenty six
0: steps to get to the recording studio, and I also tiptoeing tiptoeing. I uh, I lofted a very risky chip in the uh, in our own defensive third, and here we are talking about soccer
2: again. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to talk about soccer the weekend in the Premier League. A look at the Real Madrid shakeup, and also a special preview of the MLS MLS playoffs our colleague Matt James, but first, some tremendously sad news. Uh, The 60-year-old Thai chairman of Leicester City, Vichai Srivadhanaprabha, was one of five people who died in a helicopter crash after the Leicester City West Ham match on Saturday. Of course, uh, Kun Vichai bought the team in 2010 uh, when Leicester City was in the championship, only 39 million pounds. And of course, Leicester City famously won the Premier League title at the end of the 2015-2016 season, one of the most improbable championships of all time in any sport. Uh, King Power Stadium, which is where Leicester City plays its home games, may soon be renamed Kunvichai Stadium, according to reports. Guys, this is obviously a big tragedy. Uh, do you have anything to add?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, uh, it's a it's just an absolutely heartbreaking situation um, for that to happen uh, right after the match. And, uh, you know, I, I had just been reading about how the pilots um, directed the chopper away from more populated areas when it was going down. It was an act of bravery and a moment of chaos. I think it's pretty easy to be cynical about the money floating into the game. You know, it's, it's pretty easy to be, like, skeptical about the— um, especially in England, where there's a lot of skepticism about foreign ownership of clubs— but the outpouring of grief and mourning that you see from Leicester City fans for for this man is 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 pretty amazing, and it shows that there still can be a bond between a club and a owner and a community, um, right. even in even in this modern age where there's just like tons of money floating around and everything feels like it's just a chess piece on a larger board. Uh, no. of of assets. yeah. Um, and so, it, you know, in a weird way, these kinds of things sometimes bring people
0: together. Yeah. I mean, like, he's a, a duty-free magnate. He was a duty-free magnate, but, I mean, also he was a man of the people. I mean, like, there were stories about him giving out free donuts and beer on his birthday, donating millions to local children's hospitals. Uh, I mean, yeah, like uh, Chris was saying, I mean, you can tell the importance of... Uh, Vajraya uh, Srimadana Prabhupada just by the by the outpouring of, uh, I mean, like emotion and messages from across the footballing world, really. Yeah,
3: and what a legacy to leave behind. He oversaw probably the greatest sporting miracle of the 21st century. Yeah. So uh, he'll be remembered for that.
2: Yeah. Well said. Well said, guys. So anyway, on to the soccer from the weekend. Uh, we're 10 matches in, believe it or not. Is it a big six or a big three And a medium three and a little two? (laughs) Based on the results from the weekend, the big three, as I'll call them, top of the table, Manchester City, uh, up on goals over Liverpool, but tied at 26 points, and Chelsea in third with 24 points. Those three teams won over the weekend. Which of the three do you guys think had the best performance? Maybe we'll just start with a quick look at the most recent match, which was City's 1-0 victory over Spurs. At a fucked up looking Wembley ugh, Stadium, ugh,
0: the, the the giant NFL logo at center field, and the and the patches of grass. Only yeah, Chris's <laughs> Eagles
2: and the Jaguars had played on that pitch. I Our guess twenty four hours yeah. prior. Sorry, poach. <laughs> Am I the only one to think that it's, it was actually kind of cool to see the ball like bobbling around? I mean, it was ugly aesthetically, but it looked like kind of playing in like this, you know. In, a, in, like, some high school or something.
0: Here's a better question. How would you feel if you're Eric Lamella and your chance to draw the game uh, level on terms, ball hops up on you, like, immediately before you're about to place it at the far post and it goes just over the crossbar?
2: I still think you should have buried it, I mean, personally.
0: yeah, it's, I, I mean... But at the same time, I mean, like, I, I was, like, you, the commentators are saying that you should have buried that. And I mean, like, ostensibly, if you're being paid millions of dollars to score, you should be burying that if you're, like, point blank range. But then you also noted that the ball did hop up on him because the pitch, the quality of the pitch was so bad. So.
3: I feel like it's I'm not really a
0: pitch snob. You know,
3: like I love <laughs> a Copa Libertadores match that's like covered in smoke, and then when the smoke clears, you're like, "Is that an actual ditch?" <laughs> uh, but this pitch seemed like a metaphor for Tottenham season. You know, what I mean, yeah. like best intentions Un- unkempt,
0: and it's just someone needed to mow this lawn,
3: you know, <laughs> no. or or replace some seeds. As be- maybe is a better way to look at it.
0: By seeds, you mean midfielders? I or, just mean reinforcements, I mean, man. I just feel at like all. they've
3: they, this window might be crashing down on their hand, you know that yeah. that this this generation of players that they assembled, that they have relied on, that they have invested in, without bringing in reinforcements and without bringing in some new blood, it just seems like this is grinding a little bit. Man. It's stale. It's yeah. stale.
2: And when you compare them with the other contenders uh, for the Premier League, their net spend is just minuscule. It's terrible. Although I did see today that they have re-upped with Delhi Ali officially, I think through two thousand twenty-four. He's like doubling his salary. He's You're up talking to like about the 90. poor man's Ross Barkley? <laughs> <laughs> he indeed. And also I saw announced today, the NFL, they're doing four games in London next season. And you would think that Tottenham moving into a new stadium wouldn't have to deal with this. But two of the four games are going to be in Tottenham's new stadium and two at Wembley. <laughs> they
0: gotta. I mean, they, they got to pay for it somehow. It. Yeah. They gotta- <laughs>
3: I know. Uh, you know, what? this is just, a, it's going to be a really interesting accounting, especially if Poach leaves in the summer. I don't think he'll leave mid-season for Real Madrid, and we're obviously going to talk about the Real Madrid managerial uh, carousel pretty soon. But um, they're they are like really on the verge here. You know, they have a couple of players who I think could be bought over the summer. If not, not in January, but I definitely in the summer, I think there's a couple of players who might say, my window is now and I want to win some silverware and I'm thinking specifically of Harry Kane who's a club legend already but could be enticed to go elsewhere Mm -hmm. and then you've also just got to think about um, this defense that they've sort of built the team on this sort of bedrock wanting to sort of start making more money while they're still while they still can Mm
2: -hmm. they truly are the new arsenal which is funny for me to say that as like a pejorative but with this new stadium and with sort of you know like the not buying anybody it's kind of like they are threatening to stagnate um, otherwise though you guys big six big three I'm sorry Be- Liverpool 4-1 over Cardiff Chelsea visited Burnley 1-4-0 who were you impressed by?
3: Uh, Chelsea played the best football the weekend and they did it without their best player uh, 4-0 over Burnley and it was probably could have been like 8 or 9 Honestly, yeah. if, if William and, and Maratha had finished a couple of chances, I'm obviously like cause and effect. I don't know if they would have <laughs> just been like nine nothing on Joe Hart. But watching them play without Hazard, who's been obviously their talisman over the course of the season, and it's not that it's like positionless because I think everybody knows their job and they all are playing along with this same tactical game plan of this vertical short passing that never stops and it's just always moving up the field in this very, very controlled fashion with Giorgino conducting everything. I was most impressed by Chelsea this weekend. Obviously Barkley is in like this incredibly rich patch, but his assist for the opener his like one two to himself was. I was just like that's how you that's when you can see a, a team a team you know is in really really good form when players have the confidence to pull shit like that
2: I mean Ross Barkley is packing quite simply yeah uh, Jamie Carragher <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Carragher actually said I think on Monday Night Football that Barkley is better than Deli Ali or Jesse Lingard Would say you, Micah.
0: Well, I mean, like, in terms of usefulness to his team at the moment, yes. I mean, like, Barkley has kind of settled into this role under Maurizio, sorry, that... I mean, like, there was just such uncertainty around what his role was going to be when he was playing at Everton. That's a lot of the reason why he wasted so much of his potential. But here, he kind of, like, has this kind of freedom to do what is required to advance the ball at the pitch and to try new things they all like do. that That's one. the crazy yeah, thing about this.
3: This is my favorite midfield in Europe right now. The Jorginho, Kante, so Barkley, fun to watch. with COVID, uh, Kovacic and Loftus-Cheek and Fabregas. I mean, at, don't
2: at, forget, yeah, Loftus-Cheek can't stop scoring. He I know, scored in this yeah. match. He had a hat trick in the Europa League. Donnie,
3: the cool thing about it is that you, it's not like you don't have a destroyer, a water carrier, and a creative. It's like they're all playing all three of those roles in a lot of different ways. Conte is often the highest advanced midfielder. You know what I mean? He's the best central defensive midfielder in the world, and he's playing like a 10, except when he's not. And Barkley is playing like, you know, Aaron Ramsey on PEDs from three (laughs) years ago or something. Uh, It's really a a fascinating thing to watch. I mean, they have the depth to play in multiple competitions right now, and he can mix and match for every game with with these guys, depending on who's in form.
2: Yeah, Sarri pulling the strings and kind of pl- playing the maestro with the with his dif- different deployments, I think, is really interesting to watch and is what makes Chelsea a contender because they have this overflow of attacking talent, but Sarri's figuring out. I mean, but moving on to Liverpool, Klopp is also has many options at his disposal and is deploying them in effective ways. We're saying Shakiri now. He, he's, he was amazing in the Champions League match against Red Star Belgrade. He came on as a sub and scored against Cardiff City. He can mix in with the front three. I mean, Chris, you must be fucking over the moon at what Liverpool are doing.
3: Yeah, I'm over the moon at their season. I love watching them play. They're an incredibly lovable team. And I think that most neutrals outside of people who just actively dislike Liverpool are probably like, I would love to see a challenge to the hegemony at the top of the table with the sort of City-Chelsea rotation of championships that's been going on for most of this decade. But I think that uh, one problem that I'm seeing a little bit of and I know that this is really uh body language doctor in a way that yeah. I'm not qualified to make. <laughs> yeah, that right. his this favorite sin. shit. That, this was not a 4-1 win. Okay, like they didn't play like it was a 4-1 win. It was maybe a 1-1 draw, 2-1 win that the floodgates opened at the end. Mm-hmm. And when the floodgates did open, the only one really enjoying the water was Sadio Mane. And I, I will say that I did find the celebrations of Mane's goals pretty muted. <laughs> I'm saying that's like, true. I, mean, I, I did no, think fair. that like like when you see Mane, I thought Mane's first one was actually like pretty incredible and was was like worth celebrating on like a, just a natural level. Yeah, and I saw a couple of guys just kind of like turn around and start walking. That's true. Yeah, I mean like he I did. mean it's
2: against Cardiff City.
3: It's a kinda, but r- that was like I I don't know. I mean this is what you're playing for, right? Like I'm not. Yeah. I, I think that there's been whispers of Salah like disaffected. And I think that Mane is obviously like a shy guy. And by account, there are some accounts that like really con- uh, N- navigate is his only friend on the team, really. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that there's like some sort of deep rift or anything, but right. you're asking for a lot of guys to sacrifice a lot, work really hard. And when it comes to Mane and Sala, they're two guys who are like emerging superstars. Sala obviously has become like a global brand, mm-hmm. but Mane <laughs> is not that far behind him numbers wise, especially this season. And yeah. I just think that it's it's something to keep your eye on. It's hard to keep everybody happy.
2: I will say though, the solid dish assist for Mane's second goal was, was great. Was I don't think it's affecting. And that's the main thing. Yeah. I don't think
3: it's affecting the team. So that's. I'm just saying that if you watch every game and you watch, just different like waves of of kind of emotion running through
0: the team, you can see that. Yeah. I mean, but at least you you have to be doubly happy that. They are at least taking care of the business on the bottom of the table. Teams. This, this is sort of like what's to going whole point though about yeah. this
3: top three. Right? Is that there's there's not that shakiness that we used to sort of associate with? Mm-hmm. Hey, every once in a while, you might just go out there and draw with Southampton. It's just not happening this season.
2: Yeah. Is Fabinho going to be rendering Hendo, Jordan Henderson obsolete at some point? Because no, no I think
3: that I think that what you're, you you to compete in the Premier League and to compete in multiple competitions, you probably need five decent midfielders on your roster, right? You need like five guys that you can count on. So F- Fab and, and is not going to like put Henderson out of a job. Plus Van Dyke is like the captain of the future. I mean like Van Dyke's going to captain Liverpool for the next five or six years.
2: Uh, let's move on to United. <laughs>
0: <Paul>. <laughs> After we've now talked about this embarrassment After of riches. concerned trolled whether Liverpool
3: celebrated. <laughs> <still were laughs> <enough. Yeah. laughs>
2: it's funny because since we last recorded, it's like, you know, days of our lives with United. It's, uh, you know, we, they drew two two at Chelsea. Mourinho had that scuffle uh, with the Chelsea assistant manager, who actually I saw today got fined six thousand pounds for that mm-hmm. for that taunt. Then they lost one nil to Juventus. Felt like five nil. Uh, that was CR seven Ronaldo's return to Old Trafford. And then over the weekend, they beat Everton two to one. And everybody was talking about the the gift and the curse of Paul Pogba because it seemed like he was at the center of everything, good and bad, mm-hmm. uh, and United's win. So let me just take Micah as a United fan. Your temperature after these last two weeks of results are you, are you up? Are you down? Are you flatlining? Um, I identify as
0: tired. Um, there's it's just kind of the the narrative going into the the Champions League match was that okay we we beat Newcastle three to two made a lot of mo- a, a lot more work out of that for ourselves than you know like they needed to and then uh, drew two to two with Chelsea. Uh, the consensus is that they can play attacking football and this exciting brand of soccer, but only after they've been punched in the mouth first. And then at home against Juventus, they're just kind of generally outclassed. They, I, I think that it was just, they. well, I mean, like Dybala scored early and then they just kind of kept us at arm's length for 70-ish minutes. Um, but I think it's just that Anytime that there is a good thing, there is something terrible attached to it. If it's one step forward, it's two steps back. It's kind of like Pogba's game,
3: <laughs> but it is. Pogba, I mean, like that's true. That's very true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's never a dull really Pogba
2: had a great game. Let's not, not get let's not mistake that. He well, had five shots on target. He, and he scored. He had, he an had an
0: assist. A, yeah, he had a great game in that Everton game up until like the 70th ish minute when yeah. he tried to do that looping flick like too close
2: to his own. We really, you really need a Pogba a Pogba cam, you know like I watch hockey oh, my $5 team $5 is the Caps, it's it like an Ovechkin so cam, good. right? They I used mean, to be, they just <laughs> We need to see what Pogba's doing at all times. Did you see this either- morning
0: on uh on his on his uh Instagram where he was just like how does Pogba get into the car and he did his PK run up all the way
2: out into his Rolls-Royce? Yeah, that was literally... Because it was the talk of all punditry. Like, yeah. what the fuck is Pogba's run-up? I mean, they were talking about Zaza and, you know, I mean, luckily, imagine if he didn't get the rebound, though. That would have been embarrassing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of narrowly escaping... uh I, I don't know. It's just kind of like the cardiac it's, kids, man. I can yeah. see it on
3: your face. You're getting older watching this team. I, I'm, you know like, I mean? I, like
0: I miss I miss having I miss having fun like <laughs> with, you this miss with it's like, teams. You yeah. miss
3: knowing that you're going to win a game 3-0-3-1 three, three, and you're going to step on somebody's neck, and it's going to be this sweeping football.
0: Yeah, and and it's so, not that. It's
3: every week. It's just like hey, this is fifty fifty. This uh, yeah, go. every every, <laughs> every week it's just 50, like 50, you 50, know, we 50, could 50. we could die. Yeah,
2: exactly. You know, sorry. part of this is gamesmanship, obviously, but sorry. before the Chelsea-Man United match said, I think, paraphrasing here, player for player, United have the most talent in the Premier League. Judging from, you know, like, Lukaku didn't start the Everton match. Jose basically didn't really throw him under the bus, but just said he's lacking confidence and, you know, he hasn't scored. Danny Welbeck has more goals than Romelu Lukaku in 800 fewer minutes, which is amazing. But if you... Has Jose identified his best attacking formation or his best attacking lineup? It doesn't no. matter Sanchez, as long as he's playing Chris Smalling. It, 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 it,
0: no, it, it has no bearing on it because, like, like the thing that is most needed for a Mourinho team to succeed is a settled defense, and we don't have one. If you're
3: like, playing Chris Smalling, it just doesn't matter who you have.
0: Yeah. I
2: mean, and. I mean, like to your well, point, we about... not we just talking about Chelsea and Liverpool even overflowing with attacking options and their respective managers it's figuring a, out ways what are, what to deploy both them? What do those
3: teams have in common, though? Rock solid defense. Solid defense. defense. <laughs> That's yeah. True.
2: yeah. I mean, yeah. But- Chelsea rock solid defense? I think that they have the. the David what, they, they have
3: everything they need to be dependable on defense. And then they actually have a midfield that plays probably better defense than most defenses in the. I'll give Premier you Chris League.
2: Smalling is shaky, but. The question is:
3: I'm not trying to, to give Damon Lindelof any responsibilities in my life either. Are you <laughs> or Damon Lindelof, Victor Lindelof? <laughs> Damon,
2: Damon Lindelof is somebody, right? Yeah, he's a, the a guy singer? who created loss.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Micah, if you, if everyone's healthy, who who would you start up front uh, for you for your team? I honestly like
0: it's it does not does like I, I it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter to you. It doesn't matter to me who's starting up top because like the thing is, is that whoever's starting up top is going to have a dearth of service into their feet. Like, you're going to only get, like, three touches, and you're going to have to make the most out of those. I think okay. that—
2: do- basically dodging the question. But le- let me say this. He's am not uh, dodging uh, the question. Because he, it's,
3: he agrees with probably Jose about this 100 million pounds that he's going to spend, which is on center backs. <laughs> he's, pay, he's spending it on center backs.
0: It's honestly—I know that I was saying before, like, at the start of the season, that it was just kind of, you know, center backs— Weren't even our biggest problem when we're start or we're starting fullbacks. Uh, are both thirty two years old and converted wingers, and then the other two young ones are injury prone. Mm-hmm. Like so, I mean, like that is also an issue. But then, I mean, going into the season, your most reliable center back pairing is Phil Jones and Chris Smalling, and the two that you bought, Eric Bailly is just as 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 likely to. He's new, newly
2: Rock Nation, by the way. saw that.
0: I mean, Eric Bailly and Victor Lillover. Does watch
2: United? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like, well, Lukaku's also a Rock Nation. True. Um, True.
2: There's a connection there.
0: Yeah. I, it's just that there's, it, if, I mean, like, it doesn't matter who's playing up top if the rest of the team is cut off from them.
2: Yeah. Are you at least excited about Anthony Martial? Three goals, four games. I'm excited about
0: everybody. It's everybody coming around to Anthony Martial. I'm happy that he's finally shining. I don't think that he needs to be compared on match of the day by Jamie Carragher to Eden Hazard and who else was it? Uh, Deli Ali? Maybe I don't know. It was it was an unfair comparison. I would like him to just have this kind of safe space in which to thrive and score those magnificent
2: curlers from outside of the box. Right. But, you know, we'll see because he's still unsigned. He's only 22. It would be heartbreaking for United fans oh, if he were to sign somewhere it or move suck to another so team and, and turn into Mbappé. Um, turn it, turn into someone that's younger than him.
3: So obviously, there's been this power struggle going on behind the scenes between Mourinho and Ed Woodward, the mm-hmm. chairman, about who gets to control the purses, put the purse strings over there. Mourinho claims, or at least was like briefed out there, that Mourinho was asking for all these different center backs over the summer, and they were like, "You're just not going to pay for these guys." Um, now it seems like he'll be handed, or at least it's reported that he'll be handed 100 mil in January for a transfer deadline spree. Whether or not that happens in January or in the summer. Is there a guy out there that's the the Van Dyke for Manchester United? Is there a guy, like, is it is it buying Harry Maguire? I mean, is
0: it whatever it costs to buy Varon? I mean, like I guess it's whatever it costs to buy Varon, but I mean, like, Harry Maguire is probably not it. I think that it would have to be a young-ish center back so we can actually create some sort of continuity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I, I want there to be... You have to be able to establish the center-back pairing. So, like, it has to be somebody that's kind of young, and then you have to buy two people like that. So, maybe it is Varon, but, I mean, like, I don't I don't know exactly who that is. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Varon makes Lindelof that much better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a distinct possibility. Um,
2: Micah, may I make a suggestion? Uh, please, by all means. Shkrodon Mustafi.
0: Did you think he was going to be sincere? I mean, like, I, I, I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> he <laughs> he can,
2: who watched Arsenal draw with Palace? The 2-2 draw on Sunday. Don't watch the highlights.
0: I I also watched the highlights and only part of the game, maybe the first 20 minutes, and then the highlights.
2: Well, to nobody's surprise, after his best performance ever in Arsenal's shirt, Mesut Ozil, once again, given the captain's band, disappeared. Off in the 68th minute. And actually, Chris, speaking of the body language doctor, threw his gloves on the ground, didn't shake Emery's hand. But Emery said later, I like this side of Ozil, him being kind of a petulant dick. It's showing some emotion. Good. So he's trolling his best player. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sounds like a good <laughs> plan. Sounds great. I, I've been very impressed with the Arsenal of this season. I mean, they're they're so, mit, so much better tactically. They seem like they're all rolling in the same direction. So it, two, two draws at palace happen.
2: Yeah, 10 wins on the trot, and then it's still 11 unbeaten. Um, there Wilford's is a really good
3: example, though, Donny, of the overall thing that you're talking about is that an Arsenal team that's won this many games in a row and looks so solid and is improving so much and is still so far behind that, that top three group.
2: Yeah, I mean, they won 10 in a row in all competitions. I mean, not just in the Premier League, but there's four points below City, it feels like, 14. Shout out to Wilfred Zaha for winning that penalty against an overmatched Xhaka. Only Jamie Vardy has won more penalties in the Premier League than Zaha. Basically, when he has the ball in the penalty box, stay away from him. Don't stick your foot out. Don't leave your leg out. I mean, like, did you did you did you feel this knowing sense of
0: dread just wash over you when you saw Za Xhaka one on one with him in the box?
2: <laughs> I watched the the entire play develop. I knew what was gonna happen. Honestly, <laughs> I could predict the future. And I saw, yeah, once I got the ball and he was one on one with Xhaka, I was pretty sure a penalty was gonna happen and it did. Mm. Uh, Elsewhere at the table, guys, we mentioned Big 3, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Little 2, Arsenal, Tottenham, and then medium to mini 3. I don't even know what qualifier to use for Bournemouth, Watford, and United. We talked about United. Bournemouth.
0: How far have we fallen?
2: Uh, Uh, Bournemouth are in 6, 20 points. Eddie Howe from Madrid? (laughs) Eddie Howe is still doing it. Uh, What do you guys think? How, How long can Bournemouth... Keep this up.
3: Yeah, the anyhow question is really interesting because obviously, you know, there's been a series of, of of managers who I think missed their window to jump to a bigger team, whether it's because they stayed with the club they were at, they couldn't get the terms they wanted with the club they were looking for. How is somebody really fascinating? Because I, I think that that would be, he would be an interesting Pochettino replacement, basically. If you're mm. Tottenham and you're moving into this new stadium and you have limited means... Are you looking for somebody like Howe, who's never "quote unquote" done it on this stage? Although he's been managing in the Premier League for several seasons now, or do you go out and get an Unai Emery style retread? You know, from from Europe to come
2: in <laughs> Unai Emery retread. Wow.
3: <laughs> no, I mean like a a, 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 a
2: journeyman mean.
3: European manager who's like sure. managed <laughs> in the Champions League, but is not exactly. Uh, it's not Pep. It's not Klopp. You know, what right, I mean? right, right. So right, that's fair. I wonder whether or not we'll see somebody give. Uh, give Eddie a chance. You know, I think that I mean, Eddie the Everton Spurs, job is the one that you would most likely pin for the, hey, this young British manager, let's give it a shot. Let's see if Frank Lampard can do it. Let's see if Eddie Howe can do it. But obviously, uh, they went with Marco Silva. Um, I would just, I'd, I'd just be very curious to see where he winds up managing next year or if he just stays at Bournemouth because Bournemouth's really making some, making some roads here.
2: Uh, Eddie Howe for Tottenham is a good shot. I actually like that. I hadn't actually heard that. And I think that that makes perfect sense with the way Tottenham you know, isn't going to be able to spend with with the likes of the the bigger teams uh, in the coming years. I think. What do you think, Micah?
0: No, yeah, I mean, like in terms of uh, having a manager that will basically be able to squeeze more out of an existing set of players, which is going to be the case if you're if you're underneath Daniel Levy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, why not try it out? Or it's, I mean, like, because of pacha's definitely going to leave then. Sure, why not try it? Here's I mean, Sixth place, sort of, six
2: place with Ryan Frazier, Callum Wilson, David Brooks, these, this level of talent, I mean, that's really impressive.
0: Here's the flip side of that
3: question, is if you're Eddie Howe, would you take a job at Fulham? Which is sort of,
0: mm, seems I, like a
3: lateral move, but this is a kind of club that's willing to spend $100 million in a summer.
0: So I think that stepping into the Tottenham job would be kind of like there would be higher expectations placed on that. You're a bigger club. You have to perform. Your goal is to get into the top four instead yeah. of just to exist yeah, around the Yeah, it's like Brendan Rodgers going from Swansea to Liverpool. Right, but I mean, like, if you go to Fulham and you have a team that's willing to inject a bunch of money into, into your, you know, like, whatever your vision is, then you get to move them up the table, and it's considered a large success if you are a mid-table team, since Fulham is crashing and burning at the moment. Yeah. So... If if it's just me, if I'm Eddie Howe, I'm taking the Fulham job, probably.
3: Yeah, I mean, they're giving up a historic amount of goals, and I don't know if Eddie Howe has like, got that I-can-organize-the-defense-in-two-weeks touch to to save them from the drop. I mean, Fulham seems like they should be way better than they are right now. Yeah. Um. Anybody who watched them in the championship knows that's a good club, but it would be tough for Howe to go to Fulham and drop. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's,
0: it's, tough to be,
2: it's tough to go there and do worse.
3: Yeah. Donnie, what do you think?
2: I mean, are we talking about this happening in the middle of this season or just...
3: Anything's possible. Yeah,
2: I do think it's an interesting thought exercise to imagine. I mean, I guess this happened recently in the championship, right? With, uh, I think, the manager of Brentford. Yes. Went down to Villa, right? Right. But Villa is one
3: of like the uh, probably 15 biggest clubs in the country.
2: Right. But just in the table, he went down like eight spots or nine spots or something. I mean, obviously early days. It's... It would be an interesting thought exercise to imagine Eddie Howe going from sixth to the relegation places and seeing if he could rescue a team uh, like Fulham. I think Fulham aren't, you know, as you, as you mentioned, man, they have a World Cup winner in their team. They have jean Michael Sari, who they paid, you know, tens of millions of dollars for. They have talent there, enough talent to stay up. But yeah, can he organize the defense to, you know, stop leaking goals? I don't know. Anyway, Eddie Howe will be the manager of Bournemouth this weekend. They play Manchester United. That's a big one, Micah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, United taking
2: clash, on Premier League Giants, Bournemouth. Chris, you were just bigging up Arsenal. How do you feel about Liverpool visiting the Emirates? Uh, Hector Bellerin might be out, I heard. Draws a
3: win there for Liverpool, I think, as it is in a lot of these top three, top four, top five matches against one another. I think if you get out with a point, you're happy. Um I would love to see like an all out Thunder and Lightning game between these two sides. I love it. Yeah, would just like it. I think that um, Arsenal Liverpool are low key the best fixture in the Premier League over the last five or six years, just like going back to 4 4 Arshavin uh, days. And so I always look forward to this fixture. I always feel like um, it's, it's, it's an underrated rivalry in the Premier League. So, a uh, uh, high hopes, but would be fine with a point as a fan.
2: I mean, Liverpool actually did themselves a favor by getting knocked out of the EFL EFL Cup because uh, both Arsenal, most of the teams, top teams that have fixtures in midweek, Liverpool don't. So that's to their advantage. All right, we're going to take a break here and we come back. We're going to look at Spain and what's happening at Real Madrid. Do
0: you find yourself distracted, forgetting things, making mistakes at work? Quality night's sleep makes all the difference, and the right mattress is the difference between resting and just laying down. The Lisa mattress is the product of more than 30 years of experience in mattress engineering and hundreds of hours of testing. Comprised of three foam layers that provide cooling pressure relief, body contouring, and support, over 300,000 happy Lisa sleepers agree that the Lisa mattress gives them the rest they need order your lisa mattress online at lisa.com fc with promo code fc and try it risk-free for 100 nights the lisa mattress ships direct to your door in a convenient box with free shipping and free returns find the right mattress for you at lisa.com fc and get the rest you need tonight Get up to $160 off the Lisa mattress or $235 off the luxury Sapira mattress and free shipping on the Lisa mattresses at lisa.com slash FC and enter promo code FC at checkout. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash FC promo code FC. All
2: right, guys, let's talk Real Madrid. Yulan Lopetegui. Is this the worst year? or a six months for a coach in any sport ever. This is pretty unlucky.
0: I mean, getting the bag twice and fumbling it twice in a single fiscal quarter, really.
2: <laughs> yeah, just a quick recap. He was the manager of the Spain national team through the World Cup qualifying cap- campaign. The day before the World Cup started for Spain, he was sacked because they found out he had agreed to take the job at Real Madrid. Takes over Real Madrid. What, they lose? <sighs> What They're ninth in the table. They lost, they've lost. they lost four in the last 10. So after getting hired in June, he's already gone.
3: They also got rolled up and smoked by Barcelona over yeah. the weekend.
2: <laughs> right. That was the final straw of the El Clasico. Five to one, Luis Suarez with a hat trick. And, you know, Florentino Perez doesn't really have patience. Uh, and, I mean, I don't think Lopetegui could come back from that. So one of the biggest jobs... In all of football is now open. Uh, Santiago Solari, who was managing Real Madrid B, is taking over on an interim basis. I read today that he's lobbying to be the full-time manager, uh, as he should, I guess. But, you know, every name now is being tossed around. Every big name that's out there, Antonio Conte, of course, although there's just talk that the team, particularly Sergio Ramos, who basically runs the team, would be against his appointment... Wenger just really quickly, Donny, to uh, talk about Courtois. Santiago
3: Solari's first quote when he, uh, as, as like the Real Madrid manager, was: "I have found a group in pain." This is just amazing <laughs> stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've never say football is not the best sport. I
2: <laughs> <laughs> found a group in pain. Uh. I mean, five-one El Clásico says it all, right? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. So Conte, Pacchettino, we talked about. I mean, I, I can't foresee him leaving in the immediate future. You never know. Wenger, Arsene Wenger's out there, of course. What do you guys? I mean, first of all, do you guys think this is like the hottest coaching seat in all of sports? Um, Real Real Madrid manager.
0: I, I I know that we I know that I say this every time that we talk about potential coaching switches for Real Madrid, but. Zidane won the Champions League 3 times in a row and was on the way to being pushed out the door. Like so, I mean like I would say that any any job in which you can, you know, pull off a feat like that and then still be a there's a question mark over your head, I think that probably constitutes being the hottest coaching season in sports.
3: Yeah, I also think that culturally we need to just check ourselves a little bit because outside of um England and and to some extent the states when we're talking about our professional sports, The managerial job is not a safe one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, Italian, Spanish managers, they get fired a lot. And I think that it's probably smarter to look at this and think whoever takes the job, whether it's, uh, John the Baptist or Santiago Solari is on like a clock as soon yeah. as they get there. And they're expected to win trophies every season. They're expected to play good football. They're expected to get along with their star players but enforce some sort of imaginary discipline on them. And it's a, it's pretty much the hardest job there is. Mm-hmm. And everybody who goes in there and tries to impose themselves on these kinds of teams tends to get kicked out and spit out the other, other way. It's sort of a miracle even that Maximo Allegri uh, is still managing Juventus after these years because typically these are like three, four at the most five year cycles that these mm-hmm. managers are in charge of these big clubs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Kovac at uh, Bayern Munich is also apparently on and off the hot seat with every week's results. So you're right. I mean, with the biggest clubs in Europe, it's never cold their seat. Yeah, Roberto Martinez as a possible Madrid. I, I have
3: the perfect manager actually. Please, Shandash? it's Sergio Ramos. Because he's managing like anyway. It. That's true. He has like the it. player the, So the apparently player Madrid was pretty close to having Conte locked up for this job uh, as of last week. And then the talks stalled. And talks may have stalled over money, uh, which is partially what's being reported. But there is also this important quote from Ramos when it was brought to his attention that Conte might be the next coach. He told the Spanish press, I've always said, respect is earned. It is not imposed. We have won everything with managers that you know, and in the end, the management of the dressing room is more important than the technical knowledge of the manager.
1: Hmm. So hmm.
3: over and over again, I think when you see people fail at Real Madrid, it's because they've lost the dressing room, quote-unquote. Right, but what that really Zedan means was so successful. is they've lost this specific faction in the dressing room that's, that's Ramos. It was, it was Ramos and Casillas before, but Ramos is going to decide whether you're successful or not. And, yeah. and uh, they, you know, they brought in Lopetegui. They, they felt like Zidane was too, too chill with these guys. And Lopetegui was, like, also trying to be their friend, apparently. But, like, the idea of Kante coming in and telling Ramos to run up and down a hill a thousand <laughs> times seems kind of far-fetched.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, it's definitely if you lose that. Vocal, extremely vocal minority in the locker room. I assume that you're going to be out on your ass very soon. So yeah, why not let play Sergio Ramos player coach in his fedora
2: <laughs> or Jose back?
0: Oh man,
2: <laughs> I don't think. Jose I, mean, I like, I don't think that I don't think that, that can feasibly work. Well, whatever manager takes over, there is a bit of a defensive injury crisis. You guys were talking about Varan earlier; he's out for a few weeks. Carvajal's out. Marcelo's out for a month. Real Madrid are ninth in the table currently. I mean, it's not... I, I still feel like they're going to do well in the Champions League and there's plenty of time for them to to move up the table.
3: They'll be fine, but they uh, need a refresh. They, they, I, I bet Cruz leaves in the summer for Paris. That's, that's the rumor, at least. Um, I think that they just need an,
0: an attacking and midfield refresh as much as they need to fix their defense.
2: Yeah, maybe just buy Hazard, buy
0: Kane. Yeah, I mean, like, it's weird. They lost their best player and also one of their most like I guess high pressing players mm-hmm. in in Cristiano Ronaldo and replaced him with nobody. I mean like Mariano who's now injured, um, but that's
2: it, really. Did you guys see a a piece on I think StatsBomb it was talking about how the big three quote unquote of Europe Madrid Barcelona obviously won El Clasico but they included Barcelona and Bayern Munich are kind of on the way out and Manchester City and Juventus are now in the big leagues or kind of supplanting supplanting those teams? Yeah. You guys buy that?
3: I think it's possible. Uh, Ryan O'Hanlon, our buddy, one of his last pieces that he wrote at The Ringer was about the financial competition from just like your average English team making it more difficult for certain teams like Bayern, like Real, like P- uh, Paris. I'm simplifying his piece by a lot. I mean, he, but he was essentially talking about this these teams cycling down right now. But instead of it being like, oh, we're just going to flip this roster now mm-hmm. and like maybe be, be out of Champions League contention for a year or two while we rejigger, there's just a lot more financial competition coming from a lot more unexpected directions.
0: And just people being smarter with their money yeah, in general. Absolutely. I, mean, like, I can't remember exactly where I was reading about this, but after the United-Juventus game, that you never really think about the fact that United has more money than they know what to do with. Uh, especially over Juventus, but Juventus has just been smarter in investing it. So yeah, they have become a, another one of those global superpowers.
2: I mean, I guess overall on the surface, it's good for football, right, to kind of break up the hegemony a little bit. But it, I guess it's not really breaking it up if Manchester City and UVA are the ones that are joining the big, the elite or the top. I mean, you've always. You're never really going to have parity
3: unless you have actual economic restrictions and what people can spend. But I think the interesting thing is seeing, I don't know, to take a player at random is somebody like Richarlison mm-hmm. getting paid to play at Watford and Everton rather than a really big European club where he would probably be a squad player. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Not necessarily that he was destined for that and chose Watford. I mean, he was obviously somebody that the Watford people scouted out and got and that Everton bought and paid a pretty penny for him. But it's interesting to see these clubs uh, where, like, you wonder whether the depth is really the problem more than the top end of the talent. And you wonder whether or not, like like Mike is saying, team's getting smarter, but also there being more economic muscle in different parts of Europe to make it so that these clubs can't just amass these really strong squads anymore.
2: Right. Well, we were talking earlier about the Leicester City tragedy, but touching on the 2015-2016 season and that miracle underdog run to the, to the league title. Is that even possible, do you think, in the Champions League? I mean, the last real surprise winner was probably Mourinho's Porto.
0: I mean, like, I don't really think that there's much room for... Cinderella stories in the in the age of these heavily moneyed like giant clubs. I don't I don't think that there will be. I don't know. Klopp's
2: Dortmund, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like Roman I mean, got to the semis. I like, mean, like Klopp's
0: Dortmund. Yeah. Roman did get to the semis. Uh, Klopp's Dortmund. I mean, these aren't exactly like pauper teams. Yeah, exactly. But, I I mean, but I'm talking about a team that was, it, like, before totally unfancied. Yeah, to- Totally unfancied. Like, I mean, like completely blindsided. Like, not as in. I mean even with uh Klopp's Dortmund or or with Port- I mean like I'm sure that there was buzz around the fact that like oh look at all of these young players that he's managed sure. to develop and sure. like there was already buzz going around them being like wow uh Ilkay Gundogan is the future yeah, you know yeah. like there were there's there wasn't anything like that on Leicester I don't think that there's like a team like that that could conceivably win a Champions League You know
3: it's also interesting to think about this in terms of uh what how tactics have changed over the years mm-hmm. and whether or not that impacts it at all I think that inherently more conservative games. and I think that you're like Champions League football still feels a little bit more conservative than league play. yeah, but you you have more and more teams that are trying to play better and better football, have the ball more, have more athletic players who are counter pressing more. Uh, that stuff costs money. It costs money to get like athletic players who can keep up and and train well and and do what guys like Klopp and Simeone and these other people want them to do. Maybe it's harder when it's not. About discipline and keeping formation and playing the way Porto played that year. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they can't you can't really manufacture a Cinderella? I guess Lester, but Lester obviously wasn't able to do that in
2: Europe. Yeah. Well, let's go PSV. I told them maybe they'll win the Champions League. <laughs> 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 or at least, at least keep Spurs out of the knockout round. Uh, just wrapping up notes here, I guess, on the league. I mean, what did you guys when you watched the, um, El Clásico? Uh, what other takeaways did you have other than I guess? it being Lopetegui's last last match. The Suarez hat-trick, uh, Arthur in the midfield, I guess has kind of been a revelation. I yeah, mean, I would say, I mean, people. it's just
3: kind of fascinating to watch a Barcelona team play without Messi. Yeah. Especially play well. You know what I mean? Because I think that it's just, for most of our for most of our the last 10 years our understanding of that club is that its heartbeat is Messi and that its identity is run through Messi even if Xavi and Iniesta and Samueletto and all these different people have come through and or been there and been like instrumental in creating that team i think for the superficial read of that club is that it's 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 like this Messi driven thing so it's fascinating to watch them play in el clasico without him
2: yeah i mean that's like the obvious you know in blinking lights headline from that game and it's funny i didn't even remember that messi didn't play because of the way barcelona played you know
0: (laughs) i mean like but you were you you mentioned arthur before i mean like it really is a it was one of those showings that definitely makes you think about those comparisons to xavi a little bit more i mean like it's he has that quality in a player where it's just like time seems to slow down when he touches the ball um And I mean, like, I guess it's an important introduction with uh, the core of the Barcelona midfield, uh, Ivan Rakitic and Sergio Busquets kind of aging,
2: you know? Yeah. He has the Barca DNA, I believe, is what Xavi, uh, is a quote from Xavi about Arthur. So uh, elsewhere for La Liga, that game we were kept talking about planned for the U.S. in January is not going to happen. Surprise. Supposed to be happening in January in Miami, I believe. But according to Infantino, he's blocking it. Basically, I mean, the players it seemed were against it anyway. Uh, it was going to be what Barcelona and Girona. So, Chris, we, you weren't on that episode. I mean, what do you feel about European League staging uh, matches that matter in the United States? I'm good, man.
3: <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't. I I I think it sucks. I I, I think that uh, I I may be old fashioned, but. I am partially drawn to european European football outside of like the actual on field product, but because of the the mystique and the atmosphere and the vibe and the um the cross-cultural exchange that happens when you're watching something happening in in Basque Country or in the north of France or in the south of Italy or whatever. Like, I I, I enjoy the transporting feeling of watching soccer. I don't need it to happen in Miami. You know what I mean? We have an MLS for that. It's not that I don't think that they should play exhibitions here, but the idea of a a La Liga championship or a, a Champions League place or a Europa League place somehow ripple effect being affected by, like, whether or not it was raining the night before in Miami is just completely insane to me.
2: Well, how do you feel about the Eagles and the Jags? That, count. yeah.
3: that <laughs> counted for that <themselves> as
2: important. <laughs> I'm talking about imports,
3: not
0: exports. <laughs> oh, how the turntables.
2: <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, we'll take another break here. and When we come back, Matt James will be here to talk MLS.
0: Finding a dress shirt that fits is nearly impossible. Something is always off, be it on the collar or the sleeves. Thankfully, ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier with Proper Cloth. At ProperCloth.com, you can easily create a custom shirt size in seconds by answering 10 simple questions. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles, from classic to business to casual. To completely customize your shirt and get the style you want the team at proper cloth works with the best fabric producers from around the world and only buys fabrics that meet their high quality expectations each one of their shirt goes through extensive quality control testing so you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship best of all proper cloth guarantees a perfect fit meaning that if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly they will remake it for free the whole process is risk-free This is the future of shirts. These shirts are made completely custom for you, starting at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best in a custom fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com slash FC today. Enter gift code FC to have $20 taken off your first shirt. Now, back to the show.
2: And we're back. And I'd like to welcome my colleague, MLS super fan, or is it just Red Bull's super fan? It's definitely it's definitely
1: a Red Bull's super fan. <laughs> What's
2: up, Matt? How are you hey doing?
1: Hey, Donnie. How's it going? Happy to be here.
2: I'm glad you came to talk MLS because we are on the verge of what the playoffs starting. Uh, but first of all, it was That's deadline right. day. Oh, no, deadline day. Was it deadline day or decision day? Decision day. I don't know why I wrote deadline day. Decision day just passed on Sunday. All of the teams were in action with the exception of... Real Salt Real Lake. Real Salt
1: Lake. Just chilling. And so. So what happened? what happened? Right, so
2: going into decision day, what were the decisions that needed to be made?
1: <laughs> well, the primary decisions that needed to be made were, of course, uh, who would end up getting the supporter shield. Uh, that that was, at least in my eyes, <laughs> the biggest story. Um, because you're a Red Bull. Because I'm a Red between... Bull fan. They started the day off in the second spot with Atlanta, one point above them in the standings. Um, so they, the Red Bulls, needed a win and then a little bit of luck. Uh, in the Atlanta game, uh, and uh, it turns out that Atlanta uh, blew it against Toronto and the Red yeah, Bulls. Yeah, Red Bulls got wait, a result, so wait, so. W-
2: What does the supporter shield entail you to? <laughs> well, other, other than a shield,
1: you get that shield and the knowledge that if this were any other uh, professional sports league or professional soccer league, pretty much uh, you would be the champion, but not in right. America. Wait, what's so, <laughs> the correlation,
2: roughly, between Supporters' Shield winners and MLS Cup razors?
1: Uh, it's not a one-to-one, I'll tell you that. Uh, Didn't, did not Toronto
2: d- did the double, I, so to speak, last year, right? They won the Supporters' Shield I and the MLS Cup? I believe they
1: did, yeah, because they had, uh, I, think, I, I think they had the best, they had an incredible record last year.
2: Oh, right, because I just read, Toronto's had 69 points, which was a single-season points record last season. Right, last and season. The Red Bulls broke until it. Until the
1: Red Bulls just broke it. The Red Bulls... Broke a lot of records uh, this <laughs> this season. Um, most points, most uh, wins, most wins at home. It's been an incredible se- season, and they're on a five-game win streak right now, I believe. So they're heading uh, we'll get, into we'll, the playoffs with full steam. But anyway, decision we'll, we'll day... We'll double down
2: a, on the Red Bulls when we talk about the playoff matchups, but yeah. The
1: other uh, things that were going on, on uh, in decision day, um, another big headline was... Are the will the Galaxy get into the playoffs? And uh, did they? They well, first of all, they they had a home game against Houston. They needed a win. Uh Real Salt Lake was sitting in the last spot and not playing that day. So all Galaxy needed to do was take care of uh the, the dynamo at home. They went up two goals to nil in the first and then completely imploded. Completely imploded and lost. Uh, to Houston and are out.
2: So they needed a win. A draw wouldn't have helped them.
1: Nope. They needed a win, and and so potentially now the Zlatan era might be over in LA. Shout out to
2: Zlatan though, because I did say very famously on mm-hmm. this podcast that he would not get over ten goals in his first MLS season. He That's in right. fact got <laughs> twenty two goals, twenty two and ten assists, twenty seven. You matches, are lucky you is- didn't.
1: You know, <laughs> wager anything on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, it, no
2: boots were waging on that. I still have, have to, a boot on deck.
1: <laughs> you just have to eat crow and not a boot, I guess.
2: So, Real Salt Lake took or essentially stayed, I guess, in the playoff spot and, and the galaxy couldn't overtake them.
1: That's right. Uh, I saw Alfonso Davies, uh, yes. the
2: teenager, for the uh, Vancouver Whitecaps, yeah, the Canadian kid,
1: probably headed to Bar. He's, he's heading to Bayern Munich, it seems, and uh, definitely that,
2: headed, right? Because it was his last. Yeah, game he's in heading Vancouver, there. He Score twice. We'll
1: see if he how much playing time he gets. But yeah, he had a. He had oh, a you're brace. saying
2: probably because you're saying he's going to just sit on the bench. We'll, well, we'll because,
1: see. Wow. <laughs> what a It's hater. always it's always hard to know uh, the impact that uh, someone who's had success in MLS will have in a foreign league. Uh, but I tend to err on the side of caution <laughs> right? No, that's lower fair. expectations. I mean,
2: I believe he's, what, only 17, yeah. 17 or 18? Yeah. I forget, so he's got some time.
1: super young. But yeah, it was really and went nice out with to a bang. get a brace there, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, sure. I saw that the Galaxy's rival, a crosstown rival, LAFC and uh, Dallas could have had first-round buys, but... In on Decision Daily, they lost. Seattle and,
1: grabbed the uh, number two seed. Seattle's on a real hot streak coming into the playoffs.
2: I would imagine from MLS playoff history that having a first-round bye greatly increases your chances <laughs> of advancing to yeah. semifinals I, and beyond.
1: Yeah, it it has. I mean, it has to, especially considering that all of the knockout round matchups are are one game, you know? the The conference semifinals and championships are both two-leg affairs. So anytime you can avoid a one-game knockout, uh, you're going to want to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have,
2: have the MLS always done uh, like a final decision day in this style, like one day with nearly every team playing with everything up for grabs?
1: Honestly, I can't remember that. I don't think they I don't think they <laughs> I had kinda it. Like it. I kind of like it. I love it. Yeah, uh, I mean,
2: did, what was your viewing experience like? I mean, you obviously were watching the Red Bulls, but were they kind of like doing game breaks and stuff? Oh, or I, I had all of the up?
1: screens that I had access to uh, with games on. <laughs> they're Wait, all at the I same guess with different time, times, Oh, they were all at the same time. No, they're time. all at the same. Well, one game got delayed because of weather uh, in Minnesota, mm. I think. But yeah, they're all scheduled for the same time, so I've got Four screen. I'm just like sitting in a spinning chair in my living room. See, just. I told
2: you, MLS super fan.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's what it looks like, I guess, right? Alone <laughs> in your living room, spinning around in a chair. It's not a
2: diss. It's a compliment. <laughs> so we're going into now, as you we were just talking about, it's a single elimination knockout round this week, actually. So let's mm-hmm. just quickly go over the matchups. For sure. Wednesday, it's NYCFC. Is it NYCFC or NYFC? N- NYCFC? N- yeah,
1: NYCFC. <laughs>
2: NYCFC, who Look, used to be managed by Patty Vieira. That's right. Are no longer managed by him. Uh they're playing Philadelphia Union, and that's the East Coast mm-hmm. matchup. And then on the west, FC Dallas and Portland Timbers. Yeah.
1: So on the on the East here, uh NYC I are the heavy favorites here, I would say. Although Philadelphia Unions put a, put together like a, a pretty nice run. Like as a sixth seed, they're They're not bad, Um, and you know I love rooting against NYCFC as a Red Bulls fan. But uh, to be (laughs) honest, they're they're a dark horse for sure um, for the whole MLS Cup. They're just getting Herrera back from his awful ankle injury. They have David Villa, and you know they've they've been a really good squad the whole season. So,
2: can I ask a really possibly ignorant question? Yeah, let's is, see. <laughs> sure, is, is, is Freddie a do on Philadelphia Union? No, no, he's not. Is he? No, no, no. long gone from there.
1: Right. <laughs> Hold on, let me just double check that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, there's no way he is. There's no way, right? But I just remember him passing through it. No, least. he's
1: in the USL now. Okay, he's he's, he's playing he's in Las down. Vegas. He's down. Okay. Yeah. Dallas,
2: Portland, or either of these teams here.
1: Dallas, uh, Dallas has to be the favorite here. Uh, they, you know, it's a four-five matchup, so that could go either way. But but uh, Dallas has been been pretty solid the whole season, and I think they'll probably take that one.
2: Okay, um, so then the next night, Thursday, two more yeah knockout so, so matches. These are, these DC are, United, Wayne Rooney.
1: Wayne I'm Rooney. I'm a DC United fan. So listen, I, I feel like there are I, th- I feel like there are probably five teams uh, in the playoffs that that. Really, no one wants to go up against maybe four, mm-hmm. Um and I think that DC United, even though they're the four seed, are definitely one of those. This is is that just
2: the Wayne Rooney effect? Is that the Audi Field effect, or
1: it, it's it's both? It's definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't argue that it's not the Wayne Rooney effect. He's been scoring and and assisting, and he's he's really lifted them. The you know the new field certainly helps, but it's they've. Their second half of the season has been scary, and I don't think that's a that's a a four seed you don't want to face. And
2: and I I read their opponent Columbus has been really struggling as of late, and I saw they scored the second fewest goals in MLS. Actually, is are Columbus for sure moving next season? Actually, that, no,
1: they are not. They're staying. Is, they're staying. They announced it I, I think a couple of weeks ago. Nice, uh, nice Columbus. That is nice. But you know what? I think they totally messed that up. Because they should have just held off until the end of the season. What a good storyline we would have had—a team facing relocation, (laughs) I like like it, fighting its way through the playoffs against all odds. And then at the end of the season, when they, you know, probably lose, uh, they could have announced right away, like, "Hey, everyone, guess what? We're staying." I like
2: the way you're thinking. I like that that would have been
1: such a dramatic, fun story. And they, well, you know,
2: here's the thing, though. I feel like I've been hearing so much positive you know, good story, goodwill and good stories about Rooney and DC United and their new stadium, it just means that Columbus crew are going to win and ruin <laughs> the narrative. Because nobody basically... I would like, love for the networks, them to ruin the, the narrative.
1: I don't want to <laughs> see DC United. You know, it's a big rivalry, DC United and Red Bulls and... uh Oh, that would
2: be amazing for, uh, and for the... And uh, all the pressure would semifinals. be on the Red
1: Bulls, <laughs> as it always is to not implode, but... the team. Uh, so implosion. the other...
2: The other Thursday match is LAFC, the and Real inaugural season, in Real Salt Lake. I guess yeah. the league would probably want LAFC to win.
1: I think so. And even though we don't have a, a chance of the playoff El Trafico anymore since the Galaxy missed the playoffs. Oh, that would have been uh, sweet. Yeah, that would have been great for the league. Uh, yeah, Real Salt Lake has, been, has really backed into the postseason here. Um yeah. I think everyone's money is probably on LAFC here. Uh have, have you guys had, have you
2: made it out to any of their games?
1: I haven't. I'm so upset. I've almost gone three times and then things have come up, but I it's I've had a bunch of friends go and say it's just a gorgeous stadium. Dude, the, you the should go on, so oh, yeah. you go on Thursday night. Oh yeah. Is it here?
2: It is. Oh, maybe it is. I will go. That's and I know fun. Carlos Vela, former Arsenal player. Carlos is
1: tearing it up. Uh yeah. So hopefully LAFC. I'd like to see uh, them have a deep playoff run for the sake of soccer in the city.
2: So if I've gotten this right, Matt, you're picking all the home teams to advance. NYCFC, (laughs) FC Dallas, DC United, and LAFC.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: (laughs) Okay. Way to go out on a
1: limb, I like it. Awaiting
2: the winners, uh, teams with the the first-round buys, and these are, as you mentioned, two-legged conference semifinals. Mm -hmm. The top seed's... In the West are Sporting KC and Seattle Sounders. And in the East, it's your Red Bulls and Atlanta United. Now, your team, the Red Bulls, this is, I believe, their
1: third supporter shield? That's third supporter shield in the past few years, 2013, 15, and 18.
2: They've never won at all.
1: They've never won at all. They're one of the original MLS teams. What, as the Metro Stars? 24 years ago, yeah, as the Metro Stars. And, uh... Absolutely. Have have they made it they made it points. to the finals, right? They yeah. were
2: runners up. Yeah.
1: They've made it to the finals. So they've never won. Um and they tend to have quarterfinal exits. They've had a couple semifinal <laughs> exits a few years so f- ago. F- four uh, words uh, for right.
2: you. Is this the year?
1: Okay. So And if so, why?
2: Tell us about the Rebels. Like, I know they have what Tyler Adams? They He's do have Tyler Adams.
1: He's not their best player. They have Bradley Wright Phillips, uh, one of the best goal scorers in MLS history. Oh, yes, I forgot. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry,
2: BWP. How could I forget?
1: How could you forget? Aaron Long, <laughs> who you who do you just uh, one of their defenders who who had a little bit of call-up time lately with the US Men's National Team. Nice. Um, you know, they've just got a they've got a a, a really great Roster this year, and it's been a real next man up philosophy. Um, you know, their their manager Jesse March left halfway through the season and was, you know, uh, the, the Chris left Armas took or over. was fired. He, was, he left, he went to uh, the other oh, Red Bull right. team Leipzig, <laughs> Leipzig. You
2: know, yeah, I remember that. Well, he's okay. doing
1: a great job there too. And Chris Armas took over and and has it's just been as good a season as. I've ever seen as good a roster as I've ever seen. And uh I don't know the In prob- MLS
2: or or just for Red Bulls.
1: For definitely for Red Bulls. Right. Um I mean the statistics say for MLS, you know, most wins, most points ever. But, you know, there's that history that you can't shake of of not winning, you know? Yeah. The I mean the f- for the, the young guys like
2: <laughs> for, for the young guys like Tyler Adams, that probably doesn't. I mean like who besides BWP I think it, it follows any any a franchise kind of- though. It, yeah,
1: it 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 stays with you. It, it's part of, you know, it's in the walls of the building when when yeah. your team hasn't won. I, I, it's <laughs> true. I'm
2: a Capitals fan of hockey, as you know. As and, I know, and, yeah. Congrats. Yeah, but you know, we actually had a lot of, but we did have a lot of players carrying that baggage, like Ovechkin, obviously, absolutely, term, et cetera. Yeah. And there's it seems like there's enough new blood on this Rebels team without that baggage, even though it might For be sure. seeping in the stadium hallways. As you said,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think if I had to pick a winner. I would bet on the Red Bulls. And that seems crazy. <laughs> 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 History tells me that they will not not ever win. Uh but I, I do think that they are the best team. I think they've got all their momentum. And if there's a year to do it, it's this year. Now will they implode at some point? Probably. But I well, would who scares still, you the most in the field? Uh Sporting KC. Why is that? I, I think that they have a complete team. And if there's one if there's one thing that I think that they do better than the Red Bulls, I think they have a much more balanced scoring across their roster. Mm. Uh the Red Bulls lean so much on BWP mm. and uh you know it, it gets it sometimes in the playoffs I, I think we sort of see the NBA hero ball equivalent, right? Where uh, towards the end of a a big NBA playoff game there's iso ball with the superstar on the team and the ball's not moving. And I think I'm a little bit worried about that kind of thing happening with BWP. Whereas Sporting Kansas City has been seeing production from people all across their roster, I'm um, kind of surprised
2: you didn't say Atlanta though.
1: Atlanta has looked like like the best team in the league for for parts of the season, and Joseph Martinez has been the gr- <laughs> the greatest like goal scorer in a single season. Goals. And yeah, he shattered the goal scoring record for a single season, Amazing. held by Bradley. Better than better held than held by Bradley Wright Phillips before this season, <laughs> by the way. Uh, <laughs> But the thing is that they're they are they've been struggling lately. Uh, they've got Almiron dealing with a hamstring injury that supposedly is going to be okay, and their manager Tata Martino uh, just said, you know, that he's not returning next season. Right? Like why well, not? But, but, why did he not wait until the end of the season?
2: But see, that's to your Columbus Crew point. Maybe that is to galvanize the team. Like, well, let's do that's, it. That's for...
1: that's different. Like the whole like. <laughs> Like is it really easy to motivate your team and you're like just so you know I I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm, I'm out I'm out but anyway like <laughs> let's really go for this like it, you know it doesn't really uh it, it's kind of like a it's it's a two-sided message there right and yeah. like what what was the why did he have to say that in the middle of this run you know they've they've faltered lately and and it seems like the morale might suffer when your manager says hey I'm I'm about to be out it's been tight, but
2: <laughs> well let me make my very unknowledgeable predictions here.
1: Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Wait, so, let me guess. DC United. I'll takes it all. No, like, I was Wayne say Rooney, this. MVP.
2: <laughs> I don't know exactly how the seedings are gonna fall or whatever, because uh, I mean I guess the top the, 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 the lowest teams that are on a
1: buy advancing seed will face right. the, the top seeds. So
2: so is it possible that the Red Bulls could play DC United in not the semifinals but the conference finals? It's possible, right? Yes, that is possible. Okay, so I'm going to call a Red Bulls DC United conference final. Oh, the Red Bulls are going to win.
1: Y- you mean you mean Eastern Conference champion.
2: Eastern Eastern Conference championship, yeah. right. Okay. And then in the West, let's just say you you like Sporting Kansas City, right? I, do. So I think I'll the take...
1: Sounders have great momentum now too, but yeah. I was
2: so sick of the fucking Sounders though.
1: <laughs> I mean, Dempsey's There's, still on I, the are they're, they're kind of like the Spurs of the MLS. The, right. I'm sorry, not, not Spurs. The San Antonio Spurs. Forgot I'm on the podcast. <laughs> the
2: Good Spurs. The Good Spurs. <laughs> right. Um,. So, yeah, don't sleep on the Sounders. They're the two seed. I, I'm going to go with Sporting KC and LAFC uh, as the final two in the West. Okay, And then a Sporting KC Red Bulls final. I guess I'm not going on a limb because those are the two top seeds in their respective conferences. That's right. And the Red Bulls are finally going to win a title oh this year. Oh, my
1: God. That would be great. You know, they they have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And they were the best team at home all year so.
2: And if the MLS Cup now is at the home ground. That's right. It's not like the Super Bowl
1: anymore where they figure it out ahead of time.
2: (laughs) Matt James, would you come to Harrison for the MLS Cup?
1: On December eighth, I would absolutely love to. I Oh my god. A, December
2: eighth, it's gonna be shit cold. Yeah. Possibly snowing.
1: Yeah. That's a great
2: stadium too, actually. I've been
1: there quite a few times. And I am ready to watch tragedy in person. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, good luck. Thank you for coming on and enlightening us all on MLS. Thanks for Pulse. having me. I, I hope Can't uh, wait to watch them?
1: I hope I've stirred up some some interest. Uh, tune in, people who don't watch yeah. MLS. Like it's yeah. it's gonna be fun. What's what do you have to lose? You can sh- you can shit talk it on Twitter, plenty. <laughs> you know
2: you should follow on TV. You should follow on social media. You should follow Matt James on Twitter. Sure, and I'll tweet t- about that. <laughs> yeah, what's your Twitter account?
1: <laughs> <laughs> underscore Matt underscore James underscore. Yeah, okay. So very Matt common James, name. Very <laughs> Matt James will name. be
2: tweeting about Red Bulls, about MLS playoffs. Uh, so follow him on Twitter. And thank you again for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: We'll have an update on the MLS playoffs and all the rest of the soccer action in two weeks on the next episode of Bringer FC. Until then, peace.
0: Today's show is brought to you by Proper Cloth, the leader in men's custom shirts. Having trouble finding shirts that fit? At propercloth.com, ordering custom shirts has never been easier. Create your custom shirt size by answering 10 easy questions. Shirts start at $80 and are delivered in just two weeks. Perfect fit is guaranteed. If a shirt doesn't fit, they will remake it for free. The whole process is risk-free. For premium quality, perfect fitting shirts, visit propercloth.com slash FC and use gift code FC to get $20 off your first custom shirt today.